Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm -hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was hatched when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 463, the 2024 Unicoi Custom Callmakers Preview Show with Mark Sharp. Yes, you heard that right, 2024. And I am your co-host and the guy who learned a little something this weekend while deer hunting. And I'm your co-host and the guy who got his first buck in like five years. How much damage did it do to your truck? (laughs) Well, it was actually not the truck, but you'll be shocked to learn it wasn't me deer hunting. Um. Not surprised it was not you deer hunting. Yeah, so it actually, it was honestly a pretty horrible situation and one I hoped to ever find myself in again, but we went duck hunting, which has also been a horrible situation because there are (laughs) no ducks, and we pulled up to the duck hole and shined the spotlight and there was a buck laying by, uh, literally by the cypress trees we were going to stand next to. Mm-hmm. 
mm. in the mud. It was dry right there. And put out the decoys there. They didn't really think anything about it because we took the light off of him, put the decoys out, went and parked the boat and go walking up there. And he's still laying there. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. He's got a disease or there's something wrong with him. And anyway, he, and this was on my, my own private property and he had a broken shoulder. Mm. So it couldn't have been a car because it was so far off the road. I think he was fighting another buck. There was a ton of buck tracks in the mud, like all over the place. And maybe his leg got wedged in the mud and just snapped or something. I don't know. Anyway, it was bad. Like he couldn't stand up and I mean, he just was laying there, but it had to have happened fairly recently because we were hunting there two days prior and he wasn't there so he had not been there that long i don't think yeah and anyway so the only correct thing to do is to humanely put him down and it was just a little six point and anyway i i got volunteered to do it which was awful but (laughs) it was the best thing for that deer that we wandered up on him because otherwise he'd have had a long painful death you know probably coyotes would have been a little less merciful yeah and so anyway well it was me and two friends and i looked at them i was like does one of y'all want to do it and they were like nope i was like i guess it's up to me anyway nobody wanted to waste a steel shot did they no i guess yeah i I think it was more of a nobody wanted to to execute the deer yeah (laughs) Anyway, I got it done, so I'm I'm on the board. There you go. <laughs> Congrats. As far as meat wise, this duck season just took a huge jump. But, yeah, I bet. And he was pretty hard to get on the duck stringer on the tree, but <laughs> you managed. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of that, the duck hunting's been very slow. I have a we have one gadwall on the property right now. I feel like I'm hunting him like a turkey because. <laughs> He, he today he skirted me on the east side and I couldn't get him. But he is literally the duck right now. It's that bad. I, was, I like oh, was goodness. taking notes on where he went this morning because like oh, I can set up on him in a couple of days and get him. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's mm. been really slow, but that was an interesting deal. Yeah, I assume you learned something different while you were deer, actually deer hunting. I did. So I went out Friday afternoon with the intentions of whacking a doe, and I've got several of them on my property south of Birmingham that that I own, and they're coming into my food plot, about six to nine of them, somewhere in that neighborhood, and I felt pretty confident. Friday afternoon. So I'm sitting there and it's, I would say, five minutes left of legal shooting light. So it's getting pretty dark. And I look up in the corner of the food plot and here comes six deer. And the reason I say it's six to nine is because I get pictures with three and I get pictures with six. So (laughs) I don't know if that three is part of the six. Yeah. But, you know, they're they're different times of day. So regardless. Anyway, here come six together. Come out there, and the wind was not ideal for the tree stand that I was in, but it's the only stand that I have on this food plot, and that's the food plot where I had all the pictures, and, you know, it's it was one of those things to where 
I still felt like they would come in, and they did. Yeah. But because the wind was blowing from me to them, they kept looking up. But this is how spooked these deer are on this property. <laughs> they don't get shot very often. They don't know it yet, but that's changing this season because the pictures that I have of some of these deer are pretty rough. I mean, you can count ribs. Uh, so overpopulated. Yeah, pretty badly. For the amount of food available. Yes. So um, I don't just don't think there's a whole lot of nutritional value in pines. So yeah, those are tough. Yeah. So anyway, one of the deer, uh, I'm hunting with my air rifle, and one of the deer walks pretty much straight towards me, turns broadside, and continues walking like it's going to walk off the field. Mm -hmm. And I was about to whistle at that one to get it stopped, but I look, and there's another one following it about maybe five yards behind it. And so I said, well, that one, you know, it's a good-sized doe. I'll just whistle and get that one to stop. I'll pop her, and I'll be done. So I whistled at her. She stopped, shot the air rifle, and she turned and ran with her tail tucked, and all the deer ran. They all turned and ran the same way they came into the, the food plot. So I said, Oh, by the way, I'm sitting in a stand and I'm bored, of course, because I'm deer hunting. <laughs> and I've got my my earbuds in my ears. And after sitting there with for a little while with my earbuds in my ears, just with no music at all, which I have to say, if I were not on my property, I would not have my earbuds in my ear until I saw a deer. But just the way this food plot's set up, I'm not going to see a deer unless it's in the food plot yeah so earbuds in ear really bored and i thought i'll just turn some music on <laughs> turned on some music i'm sitting there and i'm listening and acdc comes on and i'm jamming and here come the deer <laughs> out the food plot anyway second deer walks out there and i whistle and she stops i shoot she turns and runs and i can't it sounded like the bullet hit, but I can't really tell because I'm jamming to ACDC. <laughs> so I marked where she was. blaring. <laughs> well, you launching bullets. Well, believe it or not, it was shoot to thrill. That, that'll work. <laughs> so I waited a few minutes and I got down out of the stand and I walked back to my truck, got my flashlight. I switched guns because, you know, the air rifle doesn't have a whole lot of foot pounds of energy. It's plenty enough to kill a deer, but it just doesn't have the shock, provide the shock that a, a high powered rifle does. Yeah. That bullet impact. So mm -hmm. get my my seven by 57 rifle and I go out there and I find where she was in the field and I'm looking around. I don't see any blood. I don't see any guts. I don't see any hair. I don't see anything. And I start mm -hmm. Walking the way she went, nothing. I walked around in the, not the dark because I had a flashlight, but essentially the dark for an hour and 15 minutes. No blood, no hair, no gut juice, nothing. And I'm still very confident at that point in time that I hit this deer. <laughs> so I go back to the food plot, uh, dropped a piece of toilet paper where she was so I could come right back to that spot without having to really think about it the next day during daylight hours yeah. so while i'm 
standing there looking, I said, well, you know, I really just need to devote some time to this. Let's call it a six by six area where this deer was when I shot. It really just cover every square inch of it Yeah, with this flashlight. If you hit her. Yeah. So I get down on my hands and knees and I start looking. I found the a piece of the plastic ballistic tip from my bullet laying on the ground. What? Yes. The red tip from Isn't the bullet. Isn't that supposed to be in the deer? Well, assuming it was not a pass-through shot. True. Or assuming I didn't miss, then it's supposed to be in the deer. Yeah. So I marked that spot and where I found that little piece of the bullet, there was nothing on the bullet, which... You know, it, it. I mean, it's a small piece of plastic. I'm trying to think of something that, bigger than a grain of salt, maybe three grains of salt in size is how big this piece of plastic is. So, wow. you know, I'm not all that concerned with the fact that there's nothing on it. If it passed through the deer, if the bullet passed through the deer, then, you know, it's quite possible that that part of the bullet, the pointed part of the bullet, didn't have anything on it when it cut through the skin on the exit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, didn't find the deer that night. Went back the next day, didn't find the deer. But what I learned is in an afternoon hunt, the air rifle is probably not the thing to take because you just don't get that shock from the bullet hitting the deer. They're going to run, unless you spine shoot them, they're going to run 10 times out of 10. Yep. Mm. And... Then the other thing I learned is when a deer comes out in the field, turn the music off. <laughs> and even if the song choice is absolutely perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you 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 have to. You can pause it and pick it right back up after the shot if you have to. And it just, you know, every time I go out with that air rifle, I'll learn a little something. The other thing I think I. And picking up on, but I'm not 100% convinced of, I'm not 100% convinced that this happened. But my thought is the bullet on that gun, the speed of it's anywhere from eight to 900 feet per second. There Uh is a chance at about 60 yards that that deer ducked that bullet. Yeah, I guess that's very, I mean, they're pretty quick. They are, their reflexes are insane. They're insane. So... You know, that uh, I think I may need to start aiming just a little bit low of where I want the point of impact to be, because that deer was already on alert. It was following that second deer and, you know, the wind was wrong. It was already on alert. So Mm. anyway, uh, I'm going to have to to tinker around with that a little bit more, but I won't be hunting with air rifle in the afternoons. I just need to knock the deer down and loaded up in the truck and boogie on back to camp but yeah anyway it uh, i'm pretty convinced i missed the deer i'm getting now i'm getting pictures <laughs> seven deer <laughs> <laughs> yes no seven yes seven deer and all of a sudden the hogs have started showing up and have just destroyed about a fifth of my food plot oh that sucks yeah so Anyway, you know, it's it's one of those things, and I'll chalk that one up to a miss. It makes me sleep a little bit better at night. I yeah. know the coyotes have to eat, but I don't want to be the one to feed them necessarily. So. No, definitely not. Definitely not. They, 
they can fend for themselves. Yeah, yeah. They can fend for themselves. Well, we got our annual. This has been going on for pretty much every year since Unicoi was a thing, I guess. The preview show for Unicoi Custom Callmakers. Yeah. In January. So what? When this show airs, it'll be almost exactly a month away. Yes, sir. Yeah, the twelfth. So it'll it'll be a couple days short of a month actually when we yeah. play this. Almost four weeks. Yeah. So that's that's close. That's really close. Yeah, zipping on by. And so if you want to go to that, you'll obviously hear a little bit about the show today. But better be making accommodations if you got to get a flight or you know make sure you get the pass from the wife or bring her with you. Better yet. Mm-hmm. Get on down to Helen, Georgia. That's right. That so is right. We got Mark Sharp. Who? I mean, what would his title be? Is he the the coordinator, like event coordinator, essentially for Unicoi? Yeah, I would. I would say that's probably a good title. I don't think Mark would choose a title for himself, but yeah, great that's guy. probably a a good title for him. Yeah. Well, before we get into this episode to hear about Unicoi and the fun stuff we have to look forward to right there outside of Helen, Georgia. Let's remind folks that we have our raffle still going on. And if you haven't heard about that, it is a raffle to benefit the National Wild Turkey Federation and Turkeys for Tomorrow. And it is for the prize of a wild Rio Grande gobbler hunt on February and yeah, you didn't hear that wrong. February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of this coming spring. Mm-hmm. So that also is not far from from no. today. You're looking at 68 days from when the show airs. Wow. 68 days. Man. So, little detail on that. We're going to be headed down to Falfurious, Texas to hunt with El Mapache Blanco Ranch. Kyle Pattinson is the owner there. We're going to be hunting his ranch. We get two Rios per person. Andy and I will both be there, and we're drawing two hunters to go with us. So there will be eight potential gobblers that can be taken on this hunt. And going to have some great food, potentially great beverages, great turkey talk. Absolutely going to be an awesome time. And just... An epic way to bring spring into the new year. So, yeah, if you want to be the envy of all those guys who are like, "Hey, man, I'm going to hunt Osceolas this year," and then you send them a picture of you with two Rio Grands a week and a half before they get to even sniff the wood, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah, well, just think. Not only would it help, would it be cool to kill two rios but think about the fact that you could possibly see four turkeys die before season even comes close to coming in in your state unless you live in mississippi or florida yeah yeah i mean mean, that's that's cool it it's gonna be pretty freaking awesome i think it's gonna be a blast and really excited about doing that and so for those who are interested if you're not interested by what we just said um need to check your pulse but <laughs> if you're interested check out the show notes in whatever podcast app you're using and there'll be a link there 
that you can click, and that takes you to the raffle page. And the raffle is structured so that the more tickets you buy, the bigger the discount per ticket you get. So the higher odds you'll have a winning with the less money per ticket that you spend. So yeah. highly recommend getting a package of tickets if you're going to do it. And it's it's gone really well. We are pretty much profitable at this point, still right there on that line of everything going forward is going to pretty much be gravy, hopefully headed to these two great conservation organizations, the National Wild Turkey Federation and Turkeys for Tomorrow. So pretty excited about that. And make sure you go to that link. You can also, if you can't find it for some reason on the podcast app, if you have Instagram, go to Cameron Weddington on Instagram and you can click the link there in my bio. And if you yeah. can't figure it out that way, figure out a way to get hold of Andy or myself and we will we will help you get to that website so you can help out these two great organizations to get your chance to go hunt Rio Grands. Yeah. This can be a heck of a good time. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this and you know, spending some time in camp and in the woods with some of our listeners, it'll be a it'll be just awesome. And you know, hopefully getting to see Cameron's face after he whacks a birthday turkey. Yeah, I keep forgetting that I'm going to get to, you know, even if I don't kill one that day, but just the fact that I'm going to have the opportunity to turkey hunt on my birthday is pretty yeah. awesome. Because my yeah, birthday's always been, you know, about eight to nine days at the at the earliest from when turkey season started in Hawaii. So I've I've always been just outside the bubble, but February 22nd, I got a chance. I got a chance to get a turkey on my birthday. Yeah. And one other thing, too, that this will provide people an opportunity to do, they won't be the first ones to do it, but there's a really good chance they'll be the first of their friends to do it if they actually pull it off. If they have any desire at all to try to kill a turkey in every month of the year. Yeah. Good chance to check February. Yep. No doubt. So a lot of unique, I guess, aspects about this hunt. And, you know, we're we're going to make it happen. So we're going to have a good time. And hopefully you guys will buy some tickets. And hopefully the hopefully you win. How about that? There you go. So So do that, guys. We're excited to see two of y'all. Soon we'll have the drawing on February or January, sorry, January 15th. So you'll have over a month heads up that you won in order to get your flight and everything in order or drive, you know, but get your affairs in order to make sure you can make the hunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good deal. Well, you want to hop in here and talk to Mark Sharp about Unicoi Custom Callmakers show? Let's do it. This was a great interview and you know, I always enjoy talking to him and just enjoy talking about this show. So let's get in here and share it with the listeners. All right. See you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to tell you that Cameron and I have on the line with us tonight, Mr. Mark Sharp, who's been running the show over at Unicoi for several years now. And for those of you who are new to this show and don't know about that show that Mark puts on, it's a different kind of show. So it is the Unicoi Custom Callmaker Show, and it's held in Helen, Georgia, at the Unicoi State Park. And 
if you just, I mean, remotely, remotely like turkey hunting, then you got to go to this show. Yeah. It is something to behold. And don't go and just think, well, I'm just going to run through here and you know, look at calls and run a few calls and then leave. Because if you do, you're, you're going to miss out on the best part of it. And to me, that's all those men and women who were there behind the tables working those booths and everything they put into the calls that they sell is head and shoulders above anything else. But the stories and the friendship and the education that you can get from hanging out and and being part of the show is just unreal. So, Mark, I want to thank you once again for putting this show together and for taking time to come on to the Turkey Hunter podcast to talk to me and Cameron and all of our listeners and tell us everything that's going on or going to happen this year at Unicoi. So, first of all, how you been doing? I've been doing real good, Andy, Cameron. Hope you guys have too. Yeah. You know, this is our ninth year doing this show. You know, I enjoy putting this show on. I will tell you this that Russell and I have taken on new helper. Right. His name is his name is Josh Painter. Yeah. If if you've been one of the guys that that's walked around there and has had a camera thrown in your face and <laughs> says uh, <laughs> and says, "Hey, let me interview you over here." That would be Josh. Yeah, you know, Josh has been a great help for us as well as you. I mean, I I was talking to a guy tonight that that lifted you up. And it said that your podcast has helped him immensely from the show till now. You know, I mean, it's just a great place to be. This is our ninth year. Had to count it up on my fingers a while ago, you know, before you called. (laughs) (laughs) This is our ninth year. And I'm excited about it. You know, I really am. And, you know, Andy, I I guess maybe I need to take this time to throw something other out that maybe hasn't been brought to the attention of the public. You know, we've got 58 tables. That's what I've got this year. uh, The first year, we had 68 tables available, Mm -hmm. so we thought. Well, I am so thankful that all those folks didn't show up because I don't I don't know where we would have put them all in that master's hall. You know, the first yeah. year was kind of uh okay, y'all come, we're having a flower show up here or an art show, an art show. We'll be more than glad to let you set up out in the lobby at no charge. Wow. Okay, well, you know, after I put the word out it wasn't long before we had 68 to 70 people want to come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I got the word, well, you know, we made a mistake. That art show is not until February. So anyway, we did the best that we did, could do. You know, we had a lot of folks cancel out that were supposed to come that year. 
you know, a lot of folks did come. It was an extremely great show that first year. And so, you know, we kind of backed it down a little bit. You know, we've got an alternate list that, that newcomers, whenever they ask me about, hey, have you got a spot at Unicoi for 2024? No, we don't. I mean, it, it's just plain and simple. We've got folks that's been on that list since 2017, 2018, and and still hanging in there wanting to get into this show. Now, this show operates a little bit different than some of the other shows. I mean, we're we're not about taking first come, first serve. That That's not the yeah. way we operate here. You know, you get on the alternate list, those guys that, that had confidence in us that first year, they they've got a spot there right on and right on. And I mean yeah. I I get emails, I get messages on Facebook about that, you know, hey, hey what's it take to get in this show? And my comment is, well, you got to get on this alternate list. And I know some of the guys get a little bit frustrated, you know, they they get tired of waiting, but we just feel that you know, the guys that supported us from day one, that they have first option to this show. Now, you know, as as soon as they tell me that, hey, we're not coming back, we we go to that alternate list, and I go down through it, and I call the next man that's up, hey, listen, are, are you interested in coming to the show? Well, if he tells me, no, I can't make it this year, then we go down to the next name on the list. And that's pretty much the way we operate. And, and, and you know, I'm, like I said, I know a lot of folks get frustrated that it's a slow turnover show, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. And, and that's what sets us apart from a lot of the other shows because it's not about the money that's being made there. And, you know, I'll reiterate again that none of this money go is going to us, you know. Yeah. It's going to keeping this show going. So I think we've got a good turnout this year. You know, I posted up the vendor list over there. I've been a little sluggish about that. I've been a little sluggish about building calls this year. So, but, you know, all in all, it's going to be a great show. We've got some people that were set up with other guys that did have spots, you know, and I always encourage that, you know, I mean, if you see somebody's name on there, that's got a spot, you know, they've got a table there, you know, if if you can reach out to that individual and say, Hey, what would it take for me to set up with you at Unicoid this year? We don't have a problem with that, you know, because, yeah. We do have such a limited space, so any time that we can get two to the table is a plus for us, and, and a plus for for the people coming in buying calls as well. Yeah. Well. Cool. When? What are the dates of the show this year? I, I guess we ought to start there. And make sure folks know when to go. Yeah, January twelfth and thirteenth. The first year or two there we were there the weekend before that 
And then one year it hit on Martin Luther King weekend. So yeah. we kind of stuck with that because it gives a lot of these folks that are retired that don't have to be back at a job that, you know, that, that get that day off. It gives them an extra day to travel back home. So January the 12th and 13th is the actual dates of the show. We will allow call makers to come in on the 11th, you know, after after about 2 o'clock. You know, these guys can come in and start setting up their tables and get ready. And, you know, I plan on going up the tent up there so I can be there early morning <laughs> to start getting everything set up. I, I send Unicoi a list of how I need this thing set up every year. But you got to be there firsthand to kind of put hands on and, and kind of get things set up. You know, I mean, they don't participate in this. So, you know, as good as what they are, and I think the world for them, love every one of them to death that works hard up there. But, you know, it takes somebody that's putting on the show to really know how things ought to be set up. So, yeah. you know, I, I'll be there to the 10th late that afternoon. I'll be sitting up there early on the 11th. We'll start allowing vendors to come in after about 2 o'clock, set their stuff up, and be ready to open the show up come Friday morning. Very cool. That's going to be a good time. And what time does it open officially? Well, Friday morning. we'll let the call makers in about 7 o'clock. The show generally kicks off about 8, 8 to 5, both days, Friday and Saturday. A lot of us go up and enjoy a good breakfast over there at the buffet there at Unicoi. Have a good time. You know, we always strive to keep the doors closed until opening time. Yeah. We certainly don't want anybody in there after hours looking around. So, and and I would like to say that this year that we've got a few more vendors out in the lobby out there. We're going to have the call collectors bunch back again this year. Uh, You know, I think that was a great asset last year. I got to see a lot of calls that I didn't even know existed. I bet. It's awesome. They had quite a few of them there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. So what about the seminars? Have you lined those up yet? Gotten any commitments from any speakers? Well, you know, I was on the phone a few minutes ago with a guy. And I've been on the phone with a couple of other guys. I know that Mark Prudham called me earlier this year, and and I posted it there on Facebook about some good news that I'd heard from Mark. Harold Knight was going to come. You know, Harold, he'd heard a lot of good things about this show. And uh, he and Mark being real good friends, and Mark works with Knight and Hale. You know, Harold wanted to know, what's up with this show? So anyway, Mark proceeded to tell him, and, you know, Harold decided that he wanted to come down and be a part of it. So Harold Knight is going to be set up over there. Well, he's not going to be set up. He's going to be sitting over there with Mark Prudham and Pat Strausser Mm -hmm. at their table. And as far as I know, according to Mark, that he and Harold will be doing a seminar on tube calls. Nice. Oh, cool. 
you know, so I haven't, I haven't set a date or a time, day or a time on that. You know, I, I've talked to one or two about the roundtable discussion. As it stands right now, I've got Larry Prophet and Mark Prudham. They're kind of going to go head to head on on trumpet calls. You know, I, I need to reach out and, and talk a little bit more with Larry about that. You know, as as far as I know, Larry's going to be there. And so, you know, in the past, in our roundtable discussion, we've had seven to eight people set up there. Mm-hmm. But this year, we've kind of elected to cut it down to two and open up the floor a little bit more to these guys that have really mastered the sound of a trumpet call. Hmm. And who knows, we may even throw Harold in there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I still got some things in the works as far as uh, other seminars. And like I said, the day and the date and day and the time hasn't been set in concrete yet. So we'll just stay tuned for a little bit more on that. Okay. Very that cool. sounds good. Is there, and and I know you hate to name names of, of a lot of the guys that are going to be there because they all, they all mean something to you, you know, and yeah. I mean that in a good way, you know, friendships, long time friendships have been built and that kind of thing. But are there some new call makers coming this year that you would want to just mention? And if not, that's okay. I, I think everybody would understand if you say, no, you don't want to draw attention to, or, or give an, you know, have anything sound like an endorsement for one guy over another. Right. I'm trying to sit here and think who might be new. JRT going to have his calls. He's going to be set up with Fred Cox. And JR will also be offering some wood blanks, I feel sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have Tony Ryder. Tony Ryder is going to be set up out in the lobby out there. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows Drop Time Custom Bows, but uh, Tony has sent me the link to his website, and I'm going to tell you something other right now. If I was a bow hunter, I'd have to have one of those beautiful hand-carved recurve bows. Well, he's got a buddy named Dennis Gooch that Dennis is going to be there with him, and Dennis makes custom knives. Those are the two new lobby vendors, uh, and I'm excited about both of them because I can't wait to see what they're bringing with them. Yeah. I will say this, that Kevin Kirkpatrick contacted me just last week asking about an outfitter that he uses. I can't remember if it's Kansas or Oklahoma out there that is an artist. You know, he asked about setting a couple of his paintings up there on Kevin's table up there with him and Stanley Wimes. Yeah, that's a go. So, you know, I'm interested to see what Kevin's buddy is going to bring to the show as well. Yeah, so I guess tell us, and we'll we'll come back and and talk about turkey calls a little bit more here in just a minute. But tell us who else is going to be there outside of turkey call makers. You mentioned there's going to be a knife maker there. Yeah, well, we've got Ed 
Ed Mullins, he's going to be there. He's Leatherworks guy. Brian's going to be back. He's another Leatherworks guy. We've got Duncan Doby that's going to be there, you know, a, a renowned artist, author. Let's see, Herb McClure is going to be there again. Larry Prophet will be there, and I'm not sure who Larry's bringing with him. Glenda going to be there? They, uh, pardon? Is Glenda going to be there? Glenda Green is going to be there. Her and Rodney, yes, mm-hmm. by all means, yeah. That, I, it wouldn't you know, be a I show without Glenda there. I think they're a staple there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody loves Miss Glenda. <laughs> How can you She's not? She's such a fine lady, and, and Roger's an outstanding guy as well. You know, Rodney is. Yeah, Rodney's a good guy. So, yeah, you know, and, and you know, seeing the two of them there is is just great every year but that sounds good it's going to be a a good variety and but but the you know for those of you who haven't been don't be mistaken the name of the show is the unicoi custom call maker show and that's the focus that is if you have a hankering for a turkey call and if you love craftsmanship and some truly one-of-a-kind turkey calls because there are some of those there, without a doubt, then this show is going to satisfy that craving that you have. So, all right, I'm I'm going to miss some, but obviously there's going to be a lot of pot and peg calls. Yes. And lots of, of guys that are hand-making strikers. And, you know, so if you just have a thing for different strikers, unique strikers, there's going to be a lot of those there. Some of the top box call makers in the country without a doubt and well, some of those guys are going to be well some of those guys already are making collectible yeah. turkey calls we'll have well, they'll, they'll be some of, go ahead a couple of names that i left off i think ralph Burmore is going to be there with matt for all those louisiana guys out there i think kenny peddler horse is going to be set up there with doug morgan this year so you know that Kenny is a, a new name that's going to be set up there, an excellent trumpet call builder, you know, and and I'm excited about that too. Yeah. Trumpets, tubes, scratch boxes. Man, what what else am I leaving out? Uh, I'm, I know there'll be some diaphragms there as well. You, you know, uh, Dan Harris has come out with that little old grave call maker that he makes. Kind of a little box with just a little perfect hand on it there. Yeah, perfect hand. Yeah. I believe that's the name of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at one yeah. on my shelf right now while we speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that thing's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Are there still accommodations available for those wanting to book, or is it booking uh, up? That's a good question, Cameron. I seriously doubt it. You know, if, I mean, you can call. Unicoi up there, called the name, the number there that's either listed on their website or on the Unicoi Callmaker show page over there. I will say this to be sure to press the zero instead of the one, because if you press the one, it's going to a voicemail. They will promise to call you back. So press the zero 
and you'll more than likely get someone. And if you're needing the code there to reserve it, you can find it on the Unicoid Callmakers group page or the Unicoid Callmakers show page. It should be tagged up at the top up there. Okay. And the... Unicoi State Park, where Mark's talking about, is, you know, they have a lodge there, a hotel there, but just, gosh, Mark, what would you say? Three, four miles away is the town of Helen. That's right. And there's plenty of accommodations there. Also, you know, that's a, a tourist area, so there's lots of VRBOs and Airbnbs to be found if somebody wanted to you know, come up there and rent a cabin for the weekend or something like that. There's, there is no shortage of accommodations in the area. Well, you know, even with Unicoi, not only the lodge there, but, you know, they have cabins scattered about. That's right. Yeah. You know, that are two bedroom, three bedroom. So, you know, if you got friends that's wanting to come up with you, you know, and maybe y'all want to share a room or something other like that yeah i mean be sure to ask them about those accommodations as well so but uh you know it's just a great place to stay i have people ask me all the time well what about rooms downtown and i really don't know about the rooms downtown because i've always stayed at the lodge up there because of the convenience of it you know, we sit around that fireplace there on Fridays and Saturday nights as well as Thursday night, too, and tell a bunch of lies and carry on and, you know, hunting stories and people we've known and all that. So it's just been a convenience to stay there for, for me. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's welcome to anybody. I don't care if you stay downtown Helen or not. That fireplace is open. It's two-sided. And so I generally go from one side to the other one and just listen to all the stories and tales that's, that's to be told there. And, and that's where the the fellowships and the friendships are made, you know, gathering around that fireplace. And I, whenever you ask people what makes this show so special, a lot of folks mention that. Mm. Yeah, so there's there's BS on the front side of the fireplace, and there's BS on the back side of the fireplace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be another great time. When turkey season ended back late May, early June, late May for me, I was down in the dumps and depressed, and just had to continue to remind myself that time's going to fly by and it'll be getting here before long. And my normal course of things is starting the year out at Unicoi. And we yeah. are, I mean, right on a month. Right. Right on 30, 31 days away from Unicoi, which tells me Unicoi, NWTF, turkey season i mean it's just gonna it's gonna be here before we know it it's gonna be wham bam thank you ma'am and we're gonna be running around the woods with some turkey calls in our vest and chasing birds and this show is is something everybody needs to come and experience if you've got any any passion about the sport you're just gonna go nuts over it you guys have any time off work and can make the show it's definitely worth it i've just gone 
in on previous episodes just going on and on and on about this show because I'm just that crazy about it and that crazy about the guys that are there. And it's what Mark said. There's a lot of friendships built at this show. And these call makers are they're set up right next to another call maker selling the same kind of calls that they sell. But yet you'll see if you watch when one of them needs to step away and go to the bathroom, the other one works his table and and talks about how good of a call maker he is and talks about how good his calls are. There is no competition among these guys, even though you would think there is that. It's a brotherhood and it's just it's a special place for those of you who have kids. I would highly recommend bringing your kids to this show because these guys will spend time with them, and if they have questions about how to run a call, or if any of you listen have questions about how to run a call, <laughs> you're in no better place than at Unicoi to get somebody to teach you how to run one that made the call. Well, you know, Andy, I, I want to say something other with that. I don't know how many of your listeners know that November the 17th, my dad and my stepmom were in a fatal accident. Oh, man. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. You know, I, I lost my stepmom November the 17th in that accident, and I lost my dad December the 25th. You know, at 8 o'clock mm. that morning, I got a call from the hospitals stating that he had passed. And something that is real tender to me is the fact that one of the call makers there offered up a call. Chad Scruggs, I'll go ahead and name Chad by name, a crow call, you know, that he was taking money on. And then a group known as the Society of the Snood also took up money on a metal sign with their logo and call maker signatures on it. They auctioned it off or, or took money on it. And both of those groups, Chad and the Society of the Snood, come to me with a good bit of money to help with anything that needed paying for that accident. And I say all that to say this, that that is the kind of group of people that we have at Unicoi. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, I mean, people think of a brotherhood, but you know, when when you've got guys that are willing to do that, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, man, my, my heart was broken. I can imagine. I mean, when those guys come to me with all that, I looked at all of them. And I'm going to tell you what, that is one of the greatest feelings that a man could ever have is knowing that 
he's got friends that when someone is in need that they come forth. And I cannot begin to tell you what it means for those guys to do that for me. And not just me, but they would do it for anybody else there that was troubled or in a time of need. That's the kind of folks that we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, it. People don't understand that it's, this show is not about the money. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's about the friendships made there. Uh, I mean, I can't begin to tell you the number of friends that I have made. Timothy Ohan Jr., I'd never met Tim and his lovely wife. But I offered them to sit down at my table over there and sell calls, and they are great people, you know. And, and that's, you know, you look at these guys that are sharing these booths. You go to the our page over there, and you see where, where Steve Mann is set up with Marvin Breedlove. You see where Matt McClain is setting up with Ralph Purmore. You see where Matt Fulkerson is set up with Stevie Luma. You know, and, and people that, that have just come together for this show. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes this show so special to me and what makes me want to keep this show going. I've told you before, we don't allow commercial vendors in there. I mean, if you're a commercial guy, you're not getting a spot at this show. It's individuals, and that's what makes this show so special to us. Myself, Russell, along with Josh Painter. That's all there is about this show. Yep. Well, I mean, I don't know how else to tell people what they're missing out on. When they, you know, if they if they can't make the show, I mean that that is a fantastic testament and summary of what all's there. It's it's about turkey calls, but it's not all about turkey calls. That's right. That's exactly right. So it's something to experience, and I hope that everybody listening will come out actually you know what i don't hope everybody that's listening will come out because that that won't leave any turkey calls for me so some of you stay home so i can have a chance of buying some turkey calls yeah no seriously it it really is just something special and and for those of you who've been to nashville to the nwtf convention this is just it's just different and i'm not saying Nashville's not good. I'm not saying Unicoi is better. I'm not saying Nashville's better. I'm just saying it's just di- it's just different, and you can't yeah. compare them because it's just yeah. different. That's right. Like trying to compare a a Goulds with an Eastern. That's right. It's just yeah. different. <laughs> yep, I agree. Yep. So, well, Mark, man, thank you. I. Again, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about what to expect for this year's show. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm 
it's starting to dominate my thoughts here. Yeah. And that's they're already dominated by turkeys. But now the unicorn's getting close. I'm getting fired up, man. Well, you know, Andy, we always loved having you there show. We always love what you do for us. You know, you've always been there to help us, and we thank you immensely for that. And, and it's not just for the show. I mean, these other guys that you do podcasts with and all like this after the show and during the show, you do an excellent job for us, and we certainly do appreciate that as well. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and, you know, I just – you know this i just love the sport and those guys those call makers are they're just genuinely good folks and i don't know how you cannot want to to help them and they help our listeners by sharing knowledge and making yeah. turkey calls too so there you go nothing but good things i see it so I see it. good deal man i'm gonna have to try right. to make well, it this thank year. you brother yeah thank you mark we yeah, really appreciate you and Hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and we'll see you here in about a month. Until lovely Catherine, we said hello, and looking forward to seeing her again here in a month or so. And if I can do anything to help you in the meantime, you know where to find me. Same here. Same here, Andy. Y'all All take right. care. You too, right. Cameron. See you, Mark. Thanks, yes, buddy. sir. Take All care. Right. All right. Thank Goodbye. you. Bye-bye. That's one good dude who just has a big heart for the other call makers that are there at that show and just turkey hunting in and of itself i mean he's just the the what he goes through every year to put this show on is no small task yeah it's a huge huge commitment i'm sure and yeah what told me i've not been able to go yet this year may be the year with how pitiful the duck hunting is there's uh, no excuse not to make it cameron i should i don't I should care if the, go. i'm gonna if, try to go this year if the ducks are flying hot and heavy there this is just it's not just a show it's an experience and uh, the correct know. terminology the way the season's going right now is the duck flying hot and heavy <laughs> <laughs> i guess if you kill that gadwall there's really no reason for you to stick around at all because it will be done. But if you haven't killed that gadwall by then, that duck may own you. Yeah. Like a tough turkey. (laughs) I have to name him. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when you're the only duck on earth right now, it's, you know, tough, tough to survive. So you got to be pretty slick. (laughs) But I tell you what, I wanted to ask you one thing. From your experience at Unicoi, what has been one of your favorite parts of the show? I know that's a tough question. You love the whole show, but if you had to narrow out like why you love it so much, what would you say one of your favorite parts of it? It is the family feel that you get in being able to stand at a call maker's table and just carry on a conversation with that guy you know you don't most of the time you don't get that opportunity in nashville because it's just crazy you know with the number of people coming through and so many distractions and everything else and you know just to be able to 
to just have a conversation with call makers. And, you know, I've been going now for, I think maybe this will be my fifth year that I've gone. And most of those guys, that's the only time I see them. That's the only time that I really talk to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not to say that there's, you know, that I don't have a desire to talk to them more often. It's just, you know, my wife would love some time to talk to me. <laughs> but, you know, I just don't have a lot of time to, to spare to do that. But, you know, I can walk in that room and those familiar faces that I see, even though it's the only time of the year I see them, they act like, you know, we we just picked up right where we left off and just down to earth, good, all around good people. And on top of that, they're all just as passionate as I am about the sport. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that's it. You know, so for me, at this point, it's like a homecoming. But I'm going to tell, you know, Assuming you make it and assuming some of the listeners make it and and it's their first time there, it's not going to take you long to be part of the family. I mean, it's it's just something you got to experience. So I don't know. Was that one thing or was that about 14 things? Uh, It's not, you know, the family aspect, you know, the the friendships and, you know, I guess that could be encompassed under one terminology. So I'll, I'll accept it. Acceptable answer. All right, perfect. <laughs> well, you know, I'm Italian and Lebanese. So, well, and let me add on to that, Catholic. And so when you throw those three things together, if you're a friend of mine, you're family. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. Um, nothing else to add on to that. So anyway. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope to see y'all in Unicoi. Andy will for sure be there. And I will hopefully be there unless things are just too hot around here. If if we actually have water to hunt over and there's ducks around, then I may may have to stick Damn. around the house. But I'm going to try to get there this year. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it myself. Well, you know, part of me wants to say that I hope it doesn't rain, but I can't do that. We need some rain. <laughs> yeah, we need it bad. Yeah. But good deal. Hope you guys are able to make it. Andy, do you want to give the favor of the week this week? I will do that. So twofold. Number one, easy. Buy some raffle tickets. Help support TFT and the NWTF and take yourself to Texas by winning the raffle. So number two is do yourself another favor. Outside of Texas, outside of Florida, outside of Hawaii and Mississippi, most of us have a while before turkey season comes in. It's not too late to work on getting in shape. Oh, great. Great one. It is also not too late or too early, I should say, to start practicing your calling. Mm, man. Get better at it. Everyone else in the woods, we've talked about this several times with several of our guests over the past year. Everyone else in the woods is getting better at their calling. It's up to us to be better than they are. So we stand a chance of calling that bird away from them to us. So yeah, that's great. Great. I guess almost tip and and favor at the same time. Favor for yourself if you're hearing that because, man, 
being in great shape and being able to call better are two really vital things to doing well during turkey season and enjoying it. But yes. hey, you don't want to do those when you hear something that sounds like a hen, an extra mile in the woods, and then hear a loud boom. You know. <laughs> My hat's off. Or yeah. Cameron's hat's off because he probably beat me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, followed by three more booms. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was me that scared your turkey. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, right. good stuff. Well, yeah. Go buy some raffle tickets, take Andy's advice on those two items, and why don't you wrap us up? Appreciate you guys tuning in again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.